You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome back to the OTI Podcast. Myself, Colin Kelly, as always, bringing the show doing a little bit of a lead intro here, but uh, glad to be joined once again by my co-host here, Doug Moore. How's things going, Doug? Uh, it's going well. It's uh, it's Saturday. Yeah, it's actually nice, and it's uh, recording this at 3.30 uh, Irish time, so usually I'm, our last show was, I think, about 1 a.m. Irish time, so it's nice for me to have the privilege of uh, having a nice time of the day to, to record. Obviously, we're joined today on the show by Scott Fish, and it's early morning where Scott and Doug are, but uh, gladly they have jumped aboard the show to, to talk fantasy football with me. Scott, how's things? Things are well. Things are well. I'm glad that I could finally get on. It's my schedule. Uh, this is perfect for me. So I'm glad that uh, you get to record in the afternoon. Maybe that helps a little for you. Yeah, it's always fun. Uh, me and Scott have been talking back and forth while I was in uh, Australia. We've been talking for a long time on uh, on Twitter. And uh, it's great to finally actually have you aboard the show. So the schedule's worked out for a change. And uh, a lot of you'll know Scott from the Scott Fishbowl, uh, 480 teams in that this year, and we'll be talking about that in just a little moment. But to start it off, we did mention it is the weekend. I have a nice schedule, and there wasn't much news this week uh, in the NFL in general. And uh, just a bit of breaking news over this morning. Some of you may already have seen it on my Twitter feed. Uh, booked my honeymoon the wedding coming up NFL Week 1 and uh, NFL Week 3. I'll be heading over to Orlando, Florida, so it should be a fun time. And like all the uh, previous Super Bowl MVPs, uh, I'm heading to Disney World. <laughs> That's awesome. Congratulations, man. Congratulations. It's, uh, it's pretty crazy. Uh, we lo- started looking at it over the last couple of days, and uh, I was hoping, I'm a Packers fan, was hoping to somehow work in a trip to Green Bay. I was even looking at going to Atlanta at the end of October to get them on the road. But uh, unfortunately, you know, when you have another a partner in this process, it doesn't always work out that way. But uh, I've been in negotiations with the other half, and it uh, looks like we're heading to Tampa Bay uh, NFL week. <laughs> Uh, I think it's week four to, to see them play the Rams so should be should be fun uh, anytime I can get any game I'm always happy to do so and if I can drag her along it, it should be fun but really looking forward to it uh, bank accounts took a huge hit so uh, <laughs> we'll see how things go from that perspective but just thought I would drop it out there to start the show because little or no news just to give a quick plug as well I mentioned it on the last show NFL Shop Europe have been kind enough to give us a landing page so if you go and buy something on their side if you use the OTI landing page they'll kick back some off that to us helps uh, fund the podcast the site and so on anything that uh, you buy on there there's some great offers so uh, go check that out it's uh, on the twitter handle at, at overtime ireland and you can uh, check out all the great products they have that's all the promotion from my side out of it but we have a lot of promotion to do on the show and it's mainly to do around uh, scott and the scott fishbowl this will be my first year playing in it i have been interested in a few the last few years and in getting into it but last year as i mentioned headed to australia had a lot on my plate with everything that was going on but i'm delighted to be involved this year i know that doug's involved as well uh, scott uh, a huge undertaking of work on your behalf oh you you have no idea i don't <laughs> think anyone has any idea i spent hours per day on this uh, last year it was 360 teams, and I was able to manage it okay. This year I definitely bit off more than I, I can chew. I probably need a few interns. <laughs> it is. It's amazing from a perspective of, I know from doing the podcast, that the uh, work goes in behind the scenes. A lot of people just think it's really easy. And then I know that the work I put in, but compared to the work that you're putting into this and uh, with you know everything else, you've got to go on fantasy cares and so on. It just has to be uh, no time in the day for you to, to get anything done. No, there really isn't, but uh, I don't think most people would be surprised by this, but I only sleep about 30, 35 hours a week. Um, 
most days I only get three to five hours of sleep. So uh, I have a frozen. few more hours. Yeah, I have a few more hours to do some work than than most people probably do. And uh, obviously, just from a perspective of playing on it, I'm very excited for this year, Doug. Uh, I know you're excited about it too. Looking forward to drafting uh, in the next couple of weeks. Very much so. Yeah, I know this is my first year doing the uh, the Scott Fishbowl, so it'll be uh, it'll be fun to do, especially with. Um, the division I'm in, I'm already doubted. I, I was already said that I will not win the division. Uh, so <laughs> it'll be interesting when I prove everybody wrong and somehow win. Yeah, to see where it all rolls out. But like everything at the start of the year, this is the time when everyone's record is 0-0, zero and zero, so everyone has a chance, and uh, we'll see how the drafts go. But 480 teams in it, a mixture, obviously, of uh, we'll call them experts or so-called experts, and then you know uh, the amateur side of it. But it's uh, it's going to be incredible. But I mentioned there a moment ago, fantasycares.net, and you have a lot of stuff going on with all the different leagues. I know I'm in a couple of the leagues you've got going on. Uh, the King of the Hill 2, the Superheroes League this year, was drafted <laughs> quite recently, uh, an MFL 10 style league. And uh, that was my first... Um, you know, Superflex MFL 10 league that I went into. And it wasn't really until uh, around the third round that I uh, really clicked into what was going on in the draft and uh, <laughs> was a little bit short of quarterback, but it, it was definitely fun. Um, so with all that going on, fantasycares.net, I know you have a, a goal raising money this year for Toys for Tots. It's increased each and every year. Where uh, do you see it at the moment and uh, how far do you think it can go? Right now, I think we're up to around $2,600. My original goal was 2000 yeah, and yeah. we hit that right away. Um, we're at 2600 now. My new goal is 3000 But, I mean, Christmas is, is six months away from yeah, yeah. today, actually. So uh, I think... Uh, I think we can. I think we can definitely hit three thousand. I man, I would love to get to five thousand, but I don't. I don't know if that's possible. And just with it, I know there's a lot of people want to get into the league. Some people maybe just want to help out with the toys for tots and so on that you're doing. If they do want to help out, maybe they don't think they have time if they're in too many dynasty leagues or too many fantasy leagues and think one more is out of the the question. Uh, how can they help out? Oh well, you can go to fantasycares.net. Uh, you can donate there. Uh, I will send you an email, get your email, and uh, we'll see, I'll tell you, hey, I got these leagues I'm running. If you don't want to play, you don't have to. And if you want to play, uh, or if you don't want to play, you don't have to. Or you can give uh, your, your credit towards those leagues to a friend. So a friend can play. You can have a friend play for you. Uh, there are prizes like 2017 SFB spots, uh, sub subscriptions to DLF. And uh, there might even be some cash prizes. We'll, we'll see. I, I got some things in the works. The problem is at the moment, you're, you're shooting out these leagues so quick, it's hard to keep everything under control. But, uh, well, you'll get there eventually uh, before the season's all said and done, I'm sure. Uh, you're part as well of the Ball Rush podcast going on with Dynasty Frank and Ty over there. And it's been fantastic over the last couple of weeks. I've really been enjoying it. Uh, it's one of the kind of more newer ones to my kind of podcast player, but uh, it's one that I'm definitely enjoying. And speaking of Dynasty Frank, I mentioned on the last show, I was looking for some suggestions in for a forfeit for Ireland playing Italy in the European Championships. Didn't look like Ireland had much hope, but uh, we did get a couple of ideas in and we went with one of them that the loser would change their profile pick into the, the other team's uh, national flag. So Frank was kind enough to uh, do it <laughs> over the last couple of days. He did ask me, uh, how many days is it for after the game was over and I said uh, he says is it a week I said no I'll settle for one day so I let him away with one day but thankfully uh, Will Farrell is back in his uh, profile picture but uh, the the Ball Rush podcast definitely something well worth checking out as well let's get into the fantasy talk now and um, we're starting off with the Vikings obviously based in Minnesota and I know that uh, you're the the biggest Blair Walsh fan uh, going <laughs> I am. I am. He w he wished me happy birthday on my birthday, uh, <laughs> which was which was pretty nice. Uh, 
he's the I think he's the only jersey I now currently own too. I have an authentic Blair Walsh jersey. So uh, I, even after that kick in the playoffs last year, I still love him. Yeah, that was a, a tough way to to finish it all against Seattle last year, but he's uh, definitely been one of the you know the more talked about kickers in the league over the last couple of years. But speaking of the skill positions, maybe if you want to mention Blair Walsh in there, I'm all for getting kickers all the way out of my fantasy leagues if I can. But when you're talking about uh, the Minnesota Vikings dynasty redraft purposes, uh, you can talk in whichever way you want. But you're looking at like guys like Adrian Peterson, uh, Jared McKinnon, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Rudolph, uh, Stefan Diggs, Laquan Treadwell, who was drafted this year so when you're looking through all those guys and i'll probably i'll let doug go first because uh we've been keeping him very very quiet so far and he's been up early in the morning so uh doug who do you want to hit there who's your kind of maybe top three guys out of the uh, the vikings that you'll be looking for this season so uh yeah i think you, when you talk about the vikings you have to start with adrian pearson obviously uh came back in 2015 after his uh suspension in 2014 uh proved to be the workhorse i think he was the number two running back uh, in fantasy last year behind Devontae Freeman. Um, and it doesn't look like anything's going to really change in 2016. I know, obviously, they, they have a new stadium coming up. They're going to be uh, possibly throwing it more. Well, now that it'll be indoors, it'll be a dome. Uh, but I would still say that Adrian Peterson is going to be a top five running back as long as he's healthy. And uh, despite his age, which seems to be uh, nothing more than a number at this point. Um, if I was talking about uh, the second best, fantasy guy in minnesota personally for me i like stefan Diggs more than laquan treadwell this year um i think this sort of setup that we have going for them is no one's gonna be a one and no one's gonna be a two it's gonna be a one a one b situation stefan Diggs was a fifth round pick out of maryland i believe last year uh came onto the scene after everybody thought charles johnson was gonna be the guy um and he really did well especially considering uh Tay Bridgewater doesn't throw the ball a lot. He's not a deep uh, a deep throw. He's more of a short to intermediate game. Um, but I think because Diggs knows the system, uh, despite, uh, you know, I love Laquan Treadwell. Um, I think that Stefan Diggs will actually have a better year than uh, Treadwell, but I would put him right behind him at, at three. So I would uh, I would say that Treadwell's going to have one of the best rookie seasons of a wide receiver, um, but I'm not ready to say he's going to have a better one than Stefan Diggs, who who did a lot last year despite expectations. And uh, their passing attack is only going to be going up from there with uh, Bridgewater expected to be uh, thriving a little bit more in, in a dome setting and not in the elements. Yeah, you mentioned Adrian Peterson and uh, quite incredible when you look back since he came into the league. I'm just looking here through his stats and uh, apart from the year 2004 when he got injured, of course, uh, his lowest rushing attempts in the season, 209 this season. So you're always going to get the workhorse from him unless he's injured. And I think this season will be no different. Uh, changing of the offense, I think it's a little bit early. I know it was talked about possibly last year after Bridgewater's rookie season about them doing that and Peterson coming off the uh, suspension. But I think you're looking at overall it's going to be a similar style offense. What did you think, uh, Scott? Do you think there's going to be much change this particular season or do you think that's further down the road? I think they're going to start moving into it, but I, I don't know how much change there will be. Uh, he, Doug was right. Bridgewater doesn't throw the, the ball deep a lot, but when he does, he's super accurate. He's one of the most accurate uh, deep ball passers in the league. Uh, it looks like a duck. It's, it's got a lot of air under it, but... Uh, <laughs> it gets there. <laughs> he, yeah, he, he only completed 27 passes over 25 yards last year, which was last in the league among quarterbacks that started all 16 games. So... Uh, I understand that, but he's super accurate. The Vikings uh, ran the fifth uh, lowest amount of plays last year. 
I don't know how much that's going to increase because our defense is so good and it keeps getting better. I think we're going to be all about ball control. Uh, I do think that our offense is going to be better, but I don't know that we're going to run a ton more plays. Um, as far as Treadwell versus Diggs, uh, I don't know which is going to be better. Who is going to be better? Excuse me. Uh, Treadwell, probably a better red zone target, but at the price points, Diggs is probably a better value for yeah. you if you think they're going to be close. Uh, just like I like McKinnon to pick up some, you know, he had three to four or five catches a game to start the year last year. I think he's a good value, uh, standalone value, not just as a handcuff, uh, but I'm with Doug. I think Peterson get, cracks that top five running backs again, just on pure volume. Yeah, the volume is always there. And just I'm just looking down through some of the stats and it is pretty incredible. Basically, every season that he's finished, he's had at least 10 touchdowns uh, on the ground. So there's always that as well. It's definitely going to help. Stefan Diggs, you mentioned, you know, the value point and, or, you know, compared to Treadwell. Last season, 52 receptions in his rookie year, played 13 games. But you mentioned the red zone uh, target. You know, he had four touchdowns last year. And I think that maybe when you get into the red zone, you'll see the likes of Rudolph get more targets and you'll see it maybe going Treadwell's way as well. But always with the rookies, it's a little bit hard to call that early on sometimes we do be a little bit too positive on them in the early stages mentioned Kyle Rudolph there and of course uh, he's been talking this week still believes that he is the best complete tight end in the NFL he did admit that he doesn't maybe catch as many balls as some of the other guys but I think uh, it's good to see a guy with confidence but I don't think anyone else is putting him up there as the the top overall but you know we mentioned red zone targets and Rudolph had a big year I think it was three years ago could you see him having uh, some under the radar value this year or do you think uh, just it's going to be spread around too much in this offense. Wait, are you trying to insinuate that Kyle Rudolph is not the number one tight end? Well, I just, I'm trying to play devil's, devil's advocate here and just yeah. uh, get, your, get the response, you know? Nice, nice. Um, I, I was looking through some Kyle Rudolph stuff, and he was the night, number one tight end in one category last year, which was uh, touchdowns converted inside the 10-yard line. So <laughs> there's that, I guess. Um which was an astounding 41% or so. But uh, I, I think he's still going to be a red zone threat. I think he was talking mostly about his pass blocking and run blocking skills, which our pass blocking was awful last year. So I, I'm not, I'm not, I didn't exclusively watch him. But, yeah, um, I, th- I, think, uh, I think he's still going to be a decent threat uh, in the red zone. And he just doesn't, he doesn't show up a lot. He had eight games last year. He had eight games last year where he had 8.9 or more fantasy points, and then he had eight games where he had less than five fantasy points. Yeah, so he either, yeah, he either shows up or he doesn't, and that's hard to depend on for fantasy. Yeah, he's one of those players that a couple of years ago I thought that there was really, really potential there, and I know it does take time for tight ends to develop, but uh, just hasn't had you know that, that consistency, as you mentioned, week to week. Uh, Doug, anything you want to add there in regards to the Minnesota Vikings? Uh, no, I mean, so part of the issue, I think, with with Kyle Rudolph is he's handicapped a little bit. Now I'm not saying he you know he's being held down or anything, but I think he's handicapped by this team being a, a, a run first team behind Adrian Peterson. Um, again, Tay Bridgewater very accurate uh, thrower, but doesn't throw for volume. Um, I think he had just over three thousand yards last year and barely grazed twenty touchdowns despite playing every game last year. Um, so it's just interesting to see him say something like that. He's certainly being paid like a top uh, tight end in the league somehow. But I think the expectation was when Norv Turner came in as the um, as the offensive coordinator, 
you know, we thought he was going to do really well. So did I, because North Turner has shown that he's able to use tight ends very well and give them a lot of production, but they haven't. Uh, it hasn't turned out that way so far. Um, but I, I'm, I'm not so confident he's going to do anything more than like Scott said, um, where he's highly inconsistent, but shows flashes sometimes. He is a red zone threat. Um, but uh, as the, the fifth paid, uh, fifth highest paid tight end, in the league, um, I, I don't see him being the best overall. I'm, I'm terribly sorry, Scott. <laughs> I'm just, you won't get an argument. Just looking uh, back at Bridgewater's first two years in the league, it is incredible how similar the years were. But when you look at last year, he played all 16 games. The year before, he played uh, 13. Both of his uh, passing accuracy uh, in both years in around 64, 65% yards. Then uh, his yards the year before, 2,900, 3,200 last year. But it's interesting when you get then to the yards per attempt, 7.3 two years ago, 7.2 last year. And then both years, 14 touchdowns, 12 interceptions the first year and nine interceptions last year. So both years has been a, a cap of 14 touchdowns. And if you're looking for wide receivers picking up uh, points, you know, whether it's uh, a tight end or a wide receiver getting those touchdowns, 14 isn't a lot to spread around when you look at it that way. So I think it probably comes down to when we're talking about it, when you're looking uh, and particularly in redraft this year, maybe different if you're looking dynasty wise, but in redraft, I think it's uh, Adrian Peterson and, probably uh, letting the rest fall as they may. Would you both agree with that? Yep, yep. I, I oh, personally yeah. would. I'm, I'm not really buying. Yeah, I think you said it best with the 14 touchdowns. I mentioned that on the bull rush too, that, I mean, even if. It's not a lot to go around. If, yeah, even if Bridgewater improves to 20, which would I don't think could happen. I don't, I don't think he's going to throw 20 pass, touchdown passes. It'd be mean, a 40% yeah, increase. It's a big step up, you know, when you're looking at that. Huge step, yeah. Especially considering what he did the previous two years, if he if he increased that much, that's still not much to go around for all the players. And like you're looking then as well, we mentioned earlier McKinnon. There could be you know a pass inside the 15 yard line to McKinnon that goes for a touchdown. That's already going away from the wide receivers. And of course, once Kyle Rudolph gets them 10 touchdowns that he's going for this season, there's only <laughs> five, six more to go around. So I, I thought it was an interesting perspective because this was something that I can't quite remember who mentioned it to Doug on Twitter, but it was something then I, I started to think about because the Redskins or the, the sorry the Vikings hadn't been somebody that I'd been uh, looking into that much this off season, and uh, I think it was just a, a productive. Thing. Thing to I like to go through as many teams as we can the last couple of weeks we've gone through uh, a couple of teams as well so it was interesting to do that moving on now to the next team on our radar it's the Cleveland Browns and when you're looking around uh, the Browns it's pretty incredible the five uh, quarterbacks now on the the depth chart I'll just run through them they have Robert Griffin Josh McCown Cody Kessler Austin Davis and Connor Shaw and uh, there's five of them there there's no way five of them will be on the roster come the end of uh, the preseason but it's a mismatch. Obviously, they're taking in uh, RG3 this offseason, but you know, even the comments coming out of the training camp don't seem to be all that positive of how he has performed so far, apart from that he's able to throw the ball over the fence uh, out, of, out of bounds. From <laughs> now. But, uh, this is something that Doug wanted to talk about, so I'm going to let him head on it first and get his points in. But Doug, uh, the Cleveland Browns quarterback situation, how are you looking at it, and uh, can you decipher it for us? Have you got the, the crystal ball? Yeah, I'm not so sure why people are doubting Connor Shaw. I love him, and I think he'll do really well as their starting QB. Nah, I'm, I'm only kidding. But um, I'm for him getting a shot. But, no, I think it's interesting. Um, last year, now, granted, Josh McCown um, did only play, I believe, half his games. I think he was out uh, eight games. He had a concussion. He had other injuries. He gets up there in age. Um, but in those games that he did play, he was very productive, I think. Um and I think he actually threw for twice as many touchdowns as he did 
Um, actually, he threw for three times as many touchdowns as he did interceptions last year, 12 to 4. He had a 93 passer rating. Um, you know, he, he threw for almost 64% accuracy. And I think one of the biggest things in fantasy that we found out once Gary Barnes came on the scene is when you look at either Manziel or McCown, McCown's a much better quarterback for Gary Barnes' production. And I think that can be said for all the skill players uh, in in Cleveland this season. Um, you, you know, Calm brought up a good point where the comments in, in, in the talk about Robert Griffin III aren't the most encouraging for a guy that they want to take over as their, yeah. their starting QB. I think one of the things that held him back was when he came into the league, when he was given a, a you know, a, you know, a, a starting spot with the Redskins is they made an offense, the Shanahan's, I should say, made an offense that tailored around him. And I think that's not going to be the case anymore because you're in Hugh Jackson's system now where it may not be what Robert Griffin III thrives in. Now, they spent not too much money on him. I think it was $8 million a year, which is yeah. pretty low yeah. end for quarterbacks. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't think Robert Griffin III may be the best option for the Brown skill players when it comes to fantasy. So for me, if I want... If I, I'm hoping for Corey Coleman, Gary Barnage, Rashad Higgins, Duke Johnson, if I'm hoping for a quarterback that's going to help maximize their value, I'd much rather have Josh McCown because I think he he just has shown even in a limited sample size, and I know he's 36 years old, he'll be 37 before the season starts, um, that he can still just, I think he's a better quarterback at this time than Robert Griffin III, who has a lot of catching up to do about the position when, again, the Shanahan sort of handicapped him because they made a system around him and his strengths, which don't seem to be a ton. Um, so for me, I would say that if I want a quarterback to start, that's going to help make the rest of the skilled players in Cleveland uh, maximize their efforts and maximize their stats. I would say it's it's Josh McCown. I wanted to see what you guys thought about that. Yeah, I, I kind of tend to agree with you. And, you know, obviously he had a year in Chicago where we all thought that it was kind of lightening the bottle and he had Jeffrey and Marshall as his wide receivers. He got the big contract at Tampa Bay and that kind of worked out a bit of a mess for him that season. But last year for Cleveland, he played eight games. We talked a moment ago about Teddy Bridgewater having two seasons with 14 touchdowns. But last season, you mentioned there that McCown had 12 touchdowns in those eight games. He averaged 263 yards a game. Uh, finished with uh, 2,100 yards. And I'm not an advocate for Josh McCown by any stretch of the imagination, but just particularly if we're talking fantasy football, if we're talking real-life football, he's shown over the last couple of, well, the last eight games last year that he can do it and can be effective in certain patch and situations. And you have to remember that RG3 didn't play at all last season. And apart from his rookie year, it's been uh, really tough sledding for him in the NFL. And maybe if we're looking at it, that's another thing. I, I would love to see Robert Griffin succeed in the NFL, but I just think at this moment in time, like you said, maybe McCown is the better option last season if you look through the games uh you know the one of the games he only had uh 13 or eight attempts sorry but then after that there he's had a 341 yards 356 457 213 270 211 212 so he's got over 200 in every game there was that game uh, against the baltimore ravens where he got 457 passing yards which is something that doesn't happen too often in the nfl so i think when you look at it if you're looking the cleveland browns you're not looking at winning this season you know you have drafted a young quarterback and even if you think Robert Griffin could be an option long term maybe they start the season with that stopgap the comments as well when you're mentioning Hugh Jackson he was talking that you mentioned with the Shanahan system that they'd done a great job in that first year getting him into a system coming out of Baylor to set him up in the NFL but 
when you look at RG3, I think he's, he's still very, very raw as a quarterback and he still has a lot to learn. And maybe for the Browns as well as fantasy football-wise for the targets uh, that we'd be looking at, maybe Gary Barnage, maybe it is better that uh, Josh McCowan starts this season for them. Where, where would you rank in that, Scott? And I don't think I've ever given as much uh, praise to Scott McCowan ever in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, I know podca- people listening to podcasts just love it when everyone agrees all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm with you guys as well. I think Josh McCown is the better better quarterback for the team and for fantasy. Uh, I think they should trot out Kessler just to get another number one pick. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, Robert Griffin, I don't, I don't, I haven't checked the stats, but I don't even think he's thrown 20 touchdowns uh, before. You get, you can look that. Uh, I can probably I'll look that up. But, but uh, may, if he has, it's it's right about you know 19, 20, 21. And uh, Josh McCown has been on pace. Several, you know, each of the last three years, he's basically been on pace for well more than that. Last year, he was on pace for 24. The year with Chicago, where he played half a season, he was on pace for uh, high 20s. Um, Griffin's I, first I think, two years was uh, 20 touchdowns in the rookie year, 16 in 2013, and one 2014, nothing last year. <laughs> okay, okay, so he did, he so did hit 20. F- 40, just... to- 40 total in his career. <laughs> yeah, and I love that he's a fifth-year quarterback that is still mastering the quarterback position, according yeah. to the coaching staff. Uh, but uh, I think Josh McCown, as Doug pointed out, is just better for the fantasy players around him. I, I think if Robert Griffin the, you know, becomes a starter, he'd, he'd make a really nice super flex option, especially in leagues with points per carry. But uh, I think if you're a Corey Coleman owner or if you're a Gary Barnage owner, et cetera, I'd, prob- I'd probably prefer McCown. I don't know that I'd ever start McCown myself, but <laughs> the, I think that the, the rest of the players get a little boost with McCown than they would with Griffin. He's one of those players that, say, Griffin starts the season, isn't playing well, gets dropped. He's one of them sort of players that could come in similar, and it seems funny saying it, but Kurt Cousins, who was with Robert Griffin uh, in Washington, that could put up those weeks for you if you're streaming quarterbacks. Not somebody that I'd be relying on starting week in, week out, but you mentioned Superflex could be an interesting option there. And Basically, at the moment, uh, is going for free in all style leagues, no matter what type the league is, even in probably five quarterback leagues. But uh, I'd say... <laughs> Uh, anything else to add on the the Cleveland Browns quarterback situation after all of that? Is there? It's uh, still quite muddled. It's it's all moot because next year Deshaun Watson will be their starting quarterback. So. Ooh, nice. You've, you've heard like it, it here first. Uh, Doug has spoken. Moving on now to a place, and they have a new quarterback this upcoming season. That is the L.A. Rams. I'm still getting used to saying L.A. Rams, and uh, it's I mentioned earlier. Hopefully, I'll be seeing them uh, early in the season down in Tampa with the Bucks. But uh, Jared Goff drafted this year in the draft, and uh, any players outside of Todd Gurley, who we all know is going to probably approach that 20-carry target a game this season. I think the offense, similar to what we talked about with Adrian Peterson, goes as far as he goes. But any other players in this offense, and I have one in particular, I'm interested to see if either you take him up, but uh, I'll let uh, Scott go first on this. Any other players outside of Gurley that can be made fantasy relevant this year with uh, Goff? And I guess, if you want as well, uh, can Goff be anyway near fantasy relevant this season? I thought I heard last week that Case Keenan might get the start week one. <laughs> I I don't know that that's true, but <laughs> that that was the rumor going yeah, out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, that there's not that, something that would surprise yeah. me, but uh, just either way, June, we'll say we'll say golf or Keenum to make it fair yeah. for the for, <laughs> June coach speak. You gotta love it. Um, uh, I think Tavon Austin is already fantasy relevant. Yeah, I think he ended. His, <laughs> yeah, I think he was already a wide receiver too last year. I think. Uh, 
I only remember this because I had him in SFB, yeah. <laughs> and I, I went. I basically went. Uh, everyone else went strong on wide receivers, so I uh, pushed him back, and I got guys like Austin. I I really think he's he's really valuable, and he does get a lot of runs, a lot more runs than people people realize. I think he 50, had over 50, 52 yeah. attempts last year. Yeah, over four hundred yards rushing, I, I believe. Yeah. Um, uh, 27.1 a game average damn yeah see there there you go you're getting you're getting two to three points just on the ground from austin per game four Uh, four tds as well russian yep yep he's uh (laughs) he's definitely already fantasy relevant for me if i have to go deeper uh it depends on the value i mean Britt and uh Brian Quick and L.A. Mike Thomas are. The, <laughs> I like the those real names. Mike Thomas. Yeah, <laughs> L.A. Mike Thomas is. Uh, um, they're all just flyers at the very end of your draft, and yep. and I wouldn't trust anything in them. But I trust in Austin. I think I think wide receiver three is his downside. I think that's with his maybe his floor is wide receiver three. I think he's going to be quite relevant. Yeah, Austin's also my player that I had down as uh, my number one option. You mentioned there, 52 rush attempts last year, 434 yards. So there's some running backs around the league aren't going to get that yet. And he only had 52 receptions, but again, similar numbers again. He had five touchdowns uh, in the air, four on the ground, nine in total, obviously. And then if you have a league that has anything to do with punt returns, he had a punt return for a touchdown each of the last three seasons. So he can kind of add that in for you. My concern has always been uh, staying healthy, but you know, last season he played every game, the season before he missed one game so over that kind of thing I think you're looking at a player who can get you points and uh, I was actually listening to the Dynasty 1 podcast this week and Carl Safchek had Tevon Austin as one of his kind of standout you know undervalued players at the moment and if you're playing in the Scott Fish Bowl don't want to give away too many secrets I can see Tevon Austin going very high in some of these Scott Fish Bowl drafts this year because you have uh, 0.25 per carry as well uh, added into that maybe that's something you didn't want me to bring up you might be targeting Scott <laughs> yeah he, he would have been a target for me but it, since we're bringing him on up on here and Carl brought him up on Dynasty One I have a feeling he's going to start to rise and SFB uh, you get you get touchdown returns too. You don't get the yardage, but yeah. if they do get a return touchdown, you do get points for that. So there's always that said. little added bonus. But he is uh, the guy I had down. I let uh, Doug go in case he had different or similar guy, and then I have one more that I might just add into it. But uh, off you go, Doug. Yeah. So I think in 2016, at least, I wouldn't count him as much of a a, a fancy sort of a player. Um, especially with his legal situation, I would say Tyler Hegby is one to think about. Mm-hmm. Uh, beyond that, because I don't, I think he'll eventually be the team's number one tight end, but he obviously has a uh, a legal issue outside yep. of the NFL that may cause him to miss some time, depending on how that rules. Um, another guy, I think I mentioned to to calm off off air, um, but I, I like him. He was also drafted, not L.A. Mike Thomas, um, but Pharaoh uh, Cooper. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, Farrell Cooper uh, from South Carolina. Uh, I think he was drafted in the fourth round, uh, but I think he was an undervalued uh, wide receiver in this past draft class. I think he's a big play guy. And um, you have to think about this way. I think that the the Rams offense can't get any worse than what it was last year. If you put in Jared Goff, who obviously was the number one pick in the draft, it's only going to get better because it can't get that much worse. Um, So I can only expect things to go up. I think that we could actually have a reliable fancy wide receiver outside of Tavon Austin, who I think has to stay fancy. The only way he stays fancy relevant is by, you know, running the ball as well. I don't think he'd be nearly as high on a wide receiver sort of scoring chart if he didn't have rushing attempts. Um, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, 
Um, but I, I think if there's if there's a guy that's under the radar besides L.A. Mike Thomas and, and Kenny Britt and, and uh, Brian Quick, I think it's Farrell Cooper. I think he's a, obviously a young player, was a big play guy at South Carolina and could prove to be a, a big play guy, I think, uh, for for the Rams. I'm not saying I'm going to draft him in my leagues or anything like that, but he could be a guy that we see uh, have an impact later this season as he builds a rapport with um, with Jared Goff, who will start some games, if not all the games, for the Rams. I, I'm not listening to that. As, as Scott put it, June coach <laughs> talk. Um, but, yeah. Coach, I, coaches don't lie. Right. No. <laughs> Never. Right. No. Um, so – I would think once we realize that Brian Quick and, and uh, Kenny Bird are not going to be anything that anybody <laughs> hopes them to be, I think we could definitely see Farrell Cooper actually put up some points. And um, I think he could be a guy around midseason that we see start uh, making an impact. But that, that that would be the only other guy I'd put in there. Yeah, so really when we're talking about it, outside of uh, somebody like Austin, outside of Gurley, there's probably not too many of these guys that are going to be drafted at all, particularly in uh, redraft leagues this season. And there's not a lot that you're targeting really when you're looking around dynasty leagues either. Uh, obviously, maybe Goff or uh, later down the road in a few years' time. The only other player maybe of some relevance, and I don't really think it's going to happen. You often see uh, the quarterback, a young quarterback, lean on the tight end a lot. Lance Kendricks is still there. Jared Cook has moved on to Green Bay. But he just he hasn't been a you know a playmaker consistently over his time in the league uh, you know drafted in 2011. So I think there's a possibility he might get an uptick, but it's going to be nothing that's going to give him fantasy relevant value. And I guess that was the question: Is he going to make anyone other than Todd Gurley fantasy relevant? Uh, I think you could see uh, Tavon Austin and basically as we've kind of we probably outside of that we've read pretty much everyone out as a consistent value. But Scott wants to talk. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say it, it is funny, Doug, how quickly we. Uh or how long we hold on to guys like Kenny Britt and Brian Quick. Well, I know uh, Brian they, Quick's they been one that's been a long I know. time. <laughs> but uh, another point on your Farrell Cooper comments, he's a lot like Tavon Austin. And if Tavon Austin gets hurt, I can imagine them throwing him in that role True. and him being pretty fantasy relevant. I'm going to throw one out there for the super deep dynasty guys. Uh, 46-man rosters. <laughs> yeah, Duke Williams. Uh, they signed Duke Williams. Um, the man who proclaims first, I'm a first rounder, but my character is a seventh rounder. Um, when he was at Auburn, when Coates was there, he, I felt he was the better player than Coates. He is, he is a pretty darn good athlete and a, and a pretty darn good wide receiver. Um, if he can get his head straight, uh, maybe, maybe he can, he can be something. He might be on your free agent waivers in, in a dynasty league. He was a pretty big Debbie asset for a while. So just a name to throw out there, but I don't think he's going to be much of anything for this year. Yeah. He's one of those guys. If you want to take a flyer and uh, pick something up and hope it turns into something a year or two down the road, I think. And just looking here at, uh, Roto world's, uh, depth charts uh, he's not even mentioned on the depth chart so he is a really really deep <laughs> addition yeah. to your to your waiver wire but uh, uh always you know you can sometimes you can hit on those guys and uh, really helps you you know in a few seasons you can trade them in for something or you might uh, turn into something very productive in a situation like la there is obviously them opportunities for uh, players to step up and uh, make those plays moving on now we're heading up to buffalo obviously Word with uh, Sammy Watkins, there's been concern over the last couple of weeks. He seems to be pretty confident that he's going to be ready for the start of training camp and preseason. He's staying in Buffalo all the time to help recuperate from that uh, foot surgery that he had. But uh, if he does miss potentially part of the season or a large part, we've seen with players with foot injuries the last couple of seasons like Des Bryant last year, sometimes it's uh, very, very hard to recover and come back from it uh, and be productive. Can Tyrod Taylor be uh, a productive uh, 
fantasy quarterback this coming season uh, if he is without Sammy Watkins and then I guess we'll throw it the other way if Sammy stays healthy uh, what would you say is his uh, upside um, so I'll, I'll take this first. Um, I think I was actually the one who asked to talk about this anyway. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so, you know, I don't think anybody last season or even this time last season uh, predicted that Tyrod Taylor would even be the, the Bills' starting quarterback. I think well, it, I think the coach speak at this time of the year was just starting to mention it, but the coaches never tell the truth anyway. Right, right. <laughs> um, so it, it was interesting um, – to see that how that turned out with with uh, Tyrod Taylor starting over, I think it was Matt Castle yeah. and, and uh, then he went to the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so it's hard to see because it's hard to really think about it because outside of Sammy Watkins, who is there at the wide receiver position that um, could could be you know someone that could help Tyrod Taylor stay fancy relevant? Robert Woods hasn't been able to step up that much. He's a a very weak wide receiver too for the Bills. Um, and then they have, oh God, I'm trying to think. They have Kobe Liston B now. Leonard uh, Hankerson. Leonard Hankerson. Jared Wyken. Well. Desmond Lewis. Greg uh, Little. Yeah, it, it's it's a very inspiring group. Um, of, Se- the se- of, I would say the second option at the moment, you're probably looking at Charles Clay, and he had some good yeah. games last season, but consistency, consistency is not there for him. Yeah, no, it's it's hard to uh, to trust Carl, Charles Clay, even though he has a even bigger contract than than uh, Kyle Rudolph because he just wasn't featured in that offense much, even when Watkins dealt with injuries. And really, there was no reliable number two target for him, uh, Taylor, that is. So, But just running through his stats last year, Tyron had a really good season, I think, especially considering the expectations. He threw for over 3,000 yards. Uh, he had almost 64% of his passes completed. 20 touchdowns uh, passing to only six interceptions. And then he also had almost 600 yards rushing and four more touchdowns. So I think he had a really good season. Now, granted, uh, this offense dealt with injuries to um, LaShawn McCoy, Sammy Watkins. Um, and it's really interesting to see that, um, you know, see that he is uh, possibly going to be without his number one wide receiver. Uh, and the team really did nothing to address the position. It's sort of like with Des, Des Bryant in, in uh, Dallas. He went down, and then we saw how bad that depth was uh, because, you know, when you have um, Cole Beasley as your number two guy, you're, you're in big trouble. Um, so I, I still think Tyrod Taylor could be a solid quarterback, too, who could have quarterback one weeks, especially with his rushing ability. Um, their offensive line, the Bills, uh, is a little shaky, but they brought back some key players. They brought back Regine Incognito. Um they, uh, I think they signed um, John Jerry, I believe his name is, to a long-term deal. They have Eric Wood and, and, and players like that. So for me, at least, I think Tyrod Taylor, because of his rushing ability and that fact that he still has a guy like LaShawn McCoy you can catch in the backfield, um, I would say that he could be a, a top 15 quarterback um, with Watkins. Um, where he could have quarterback one weeks. So that that's just my take on him. Yeah, I pretty much agree with everything you say, but just when you were talking about his stats, I just thought for fun, we were talking earlier about RG3, and I just put back up his page. And if you look at his rookie season, uh, he had 65% completion percentage. Uh, he had uh, 3,200 yards. Then you move to last season. <laughs> I'm just comparing the two of them. Uh, he had 3,000 yards, uh, 63.7 completion. And then he had 20 touchdowns to six uh, interceptions. RG3 had 20 to five. He also had uh, seven on the ground. And then if you look at uh, Tyrod Taylor's, he had four on the ground. So could would that be a worry that maybe defenses just weren't ready for what he was doing last year and uh, you could have that concern this year? I'm just trying to throw uh, something into the into the fire here. 
<laughs> I think it, I think it's highly possible that that that, that could be a thing. Um, I I, m- I might have a little more faith in Tyrod this year than Doug, but I I completely understand his points. Uh, I I like that I like his running game for a floor. I like his outlet of Charles Clay. Yep. I definitely like Robert Woods more than uh, more than Doug. I think he's a solid uh, number two uh, instead of a weak number two. But uh, the stats don't exactly bear it out. He's had a few flashes, uh, but uh, I re- I really liked him uh, uh, in college, and then didn't love him as much. But I- I'm kind of back on him. I, I like him. Uh, for this year, and I like him for the future a little bit more. Uh, I feel like if Sammy, if Sammy can get healthy, this offense is going to be pretty nice. That de- the the problem is kind of like the Vikings; they're going to be a defensive-minded team, and they're going to be a, they're going to be a running team with Rex Ryan. So i I don't I don't know how highly I would want. Tyrod Taylor in leagues, he would probably be one of those guys if I'm a late round quarterback guy or as a strong second quarterback, but I'm, I'm definitely not taking him as my one, even though it, he started last year as a clear quarterback one. Yeah, I agree with you there. And I think I think the value will still be there in him come uh, drafts. I think still have the option. And you mentioned the floor of the rushing yards. I do think, you know, that's something that you always have to look for. I'm quite high on uh, Marcus Mariota this year. And I think the, the rushing floor always helps. And I just think when you look at what Sammy's done when he's been healthy, he's been absolutely phenomenal. And then obviously, if you're the quarterback thrown in the ball, you have every chance to put up those points. So it's going to be an interesting situation. I think out of more faith in him than RG3 because he's been a project that's been building along. He was in Baltimore. He's got those years under his belt of trying to learn uh, how to play quarterback rather than uh, still trying to learn, you know, at the, after five years in the league like RG3. But uh, that there, I think it was a, another interesting little topic to cover. With that all said, the last thing I'm going to mention was, uh, have you seen the Ben Affleck uh, Deflategate rant this week? That was one of the, the most enjoyable things I've seen on the internet in the last few days. Yeah, I did. I, I, I'm I a big, big Bill Simmons fan, so I, I watched that the next right after I got home from work yeah. uh, that morning. And, man, I love that show already. And that, that Affleck rant, I know that his people have already said that he was not drunk. Not yet, and yeah. I. I, be- I I can kind of believe it because I've gone on rants like that. I've had friends go on rants like that about things where you're so passionate that you slur a few things or you... you you're just, just so worked it. up. Your blood exactly, pressure's up. Yeah. Exactly. It, it did, for, for me, it did seem like he was slurring kind of like a drunk person would slur on occasion, but that that was a <laughs> that was a fun rant. And, and you can't argue against the points he made. I mean, he no, made some pal- yeah. <laughs> valid points. Yeah, he definitely made some valid points. And uh, I think, you know, if you're a sports fan, people don't understand sometimes sports fandom. Like I mentioned, uh, get, I'm getting married in September. My girlfriend has no interest in sport, absolutely none whatsoever. I'm, on the other hand, kind of fanatical about sport, uh, no matter what the sport is. And people just wonder, why do you get emotional? Why do you get upset? Why do you celebrate results and so on? And he's obviously a, a passionate, you know, uh, Patriots fan. And uh, he definitely got hot under the collar with that one. Doug, uh, have you, I presume you've seen it too. <laughs> Yes, I have. <laughs> um, and hey, hey like, I'm just going to say, if he was drunk, who cares? Yeah, who cares? Exactly, exactly. Who cares? I, I did, um, I, just before I let you go, Doug, uh, I did see he has tweeted out since, and he said that he has watched it back, and people, you know, concerned with the amount of F-bombs he dropped on it. He said he dropped uh, 17 of them. He thinks that 12 would have been more appropriate. So, <laughs> but still, like, yeah, I, I, I'm all for it. <laughs> 
I, 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 yeah, I'm a hundred percent with you. Sorry. I'm, I'm talking, I'll let Doug go right in a second here, but, uh, I'm, I'm right with you. What is, what is so wrong if he was drunk I, I, and what like, is so wrong with the F-bombs? That's I, like I, sports I, people now too. Like we all talk about Russell Wilson. Like, there's a lot of roboticness in it, a lot of pre-planned, what you're going to say, what you're going to do when you're in public appearances, a lot of PR. And I think it's refreshing to see somebody just say, yeah. I don't care. And I'm just going to let go here. People like passion. Yeah. People like to see passion in people. And now I'll let Doug go. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> so. No, it's, um, so Ben Affleck is sort of like how uh, I am about talking about Darius Green this year. I'm just so <laughs> passionate about him as a, a top five tight end in fantasy. But um, <laughs> um, I, I will slur a few words just about how excited I am about him. But um, it's an interesting, like Scott said, he brought up a lot of good points. Obviously, I'm from New England. I live like 10, 15 minutes away from Gillette Stadium, actually. Um, ben Affleck is from, you know, Boston. He's from Boston. There. Boston. Um, so I think you have a better Boston accent than I do. I don't um, think so. I think that was pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it, it's, it, it was a. Uh, it was very interesting to see. I'm not surprised. He, uh, one of my favorite skits I've seen on late night TV was, um, uh, when, when the whole first thing came out was the, the locker room guy. Yeah. And, um, so he took part in a thing on a uh, Jimmy Kimmel, um, all these Boston actors doing that. You guys should watch it. It's pretty funny, I think. But, um, he took part in, uh, saying he was a locker room guy. Um, <laughs> So it's not surprising to see him stand up for going on late night and uh, talking about the flake gate because I think um, he's done it before. But um, it's it just it's it's not shocking to see. It's just this whole process has been um, elongated way oh, too long. Crazy. Please I, end. <laughs> I was on uh, I was on the Fit Maniacs show probably about two months ago when the draft was happening, and um, somehow it's a dolphin show, and I somehow end up talking about to fleet gate for 20 minutes with somebody and i promised i wouldn't because i didn't want to and somehow i did we just sometimes get passionate about it but i think that everybody can agree it's 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 just this whole process has been um taken way too long it's been drawn out way too long and it does have fantasy implications because now if everything stays the same tom brady's gonna miss the first four games where now he's undervalued in fantasy leagues, just like people thought last year when he was originally suspended. Um, but that's really the only thing we can tie to fantasy. And uh, bringing it all full circle with uh, talking about Tom Brady's value uh, in that there uh, King of the Hill League with Doug, uh, with uh, Scott, I mentioned, you know, it's a MFL 10. And I, I said I just wasn't focused then at the start. I was doing another dynasty draft and I, uh, a couple of rounds in and I said, oh, God, I, I just realized it was a super flex. And I said, Tom Brady's there and I think it might have been the fourth round at that stage I said I'll take him and then I waited and waited and waited and I had to take Jimmy Garoppolo later so I've ended up with Garoppolo Brady and uh, Sam Bradford so it's a mismatch so if this I need that suspension overturned uh, pretty swiftly but we'll see what happens and I can't believe it's still going on let's not continue to talk about it but with uh, all that done and dusted I just want to give uh, a minute to Scott if he wants to give another plug to the Scott Fishbowl or fantasycares.net just uh, to let everyone know where they can uh, get more information of course scott's on twitter it's at scottfish24 but scott uh, i'll let you take the floor sure uh sfb uh scottfishbowl.com it, it doesn't really need any plugging i have no, well over a thousand people that I, I have to turn away this year but in case you're listening and you want to play in it next year put your uh, name down for the the 2020 league 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Four years time. <laughs> At least sign up so I know that you're interested. Yep. There's analysts from just about any site you can think of. Um, Yahoo, NFL.com, CBS Fantasy, Roto World, uh, every all of them really. Pretty much any, goes on and on. Any site. Yeah. Uh, you can play with some of your favorite analysts. Uh, but mostly I like to plug toy, the Toys for Tots drive I run. Uh, go to fantasycares.net. Uh, donate to get my GoFundMe. Uh, we buy toys for the kids. I I take pictures of the receipts for you. I t- take pictures of all the toys we buy. It's completely transparent just so, A, you know everything's on the up and up, but also you get to see all the toys that uh, your donation bought. It's it's pretty really it's really, really nice. So if, if you want to play in one of my Toys for Tots league, I'll, leagues, I'll have prizes. Just uh, every little bit counts. Every little bit of money counts. So fantasycares.net. It certainly does. And you mentioned on a few shows I've heard you talking about recently, but when you do it, it makes you feel good to give the stuff back to the kids. But when the people who are in the competitions get the opportunity as well to donate and then they get to see the pictures of how it affects these kids you know it really is rewarding for everybody involved uh, just doug as well i know i always love to give you a little chance to plug anything that you've coming out last has come out or coming out uh, that you're writing for into the pylon or any other sites that you're writing with uh, i'll let you go ahead with that um so real quick i, I just want to say that that um you know scott with everything you do it's, it's really awesome what you yes, do. really is. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. It, it does I, take I wish, a lot of work, but thank you. I do appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I wish more of us did something, myself included, did more to uh, to help the community with uh, what we do. But um, in terms of um, plugging anything, so I actually had an article come out this morning. In my in my quest to be um, like the James Franco of, of <laughs> what's writing, I am I'm writing at every site possible. I am now joined. Um, I, I joined uh, the uh, Pat's pulpit. Uh, website, which is the SB Nation's Patriot website, uh, and my debut article just dropped this morning, uh, talking about Danny Amendola versus Chris Hogan. Um, who, who in the overall depth chart, who will be the number two tight uh, wide receiver behind Julian Edelman? Even though they play different positions, yeah. and uh, just a hint, it's not Danny Amendola. Yeah, I agree with you there too, but yeah, well, I'd, I'd be on Hogan's side too. We, yeah, we need <laughs> we need to let the listeners read it rather than give away everything. Yeah, yeah, no, there's plenty of good reason into it. It's all stuff I stole from everybody else and didn't get credit. So, um, no references uh, in, in this article. Yeah, yeah, no, there, there's no work cited page to this. Um, but uh, I, I'm going to be writing a few more articles. I don't know what it's going to be about, but uh, I'll be sure to plug it next week. But um, that's the one thing I got right now. And of course, Doug's on Twitter. It's at NFL. I'm on Twitter at the Colum Kelly. More importantly, at Overtime Ireland is a better one to follow there for all the NFL stuff we've got on, all the podcasts, a couple of t-shirt giveaways and all over the last couple of weeks. So make sure you're following that. Make sure you're following the two guys as well. And of course, until we're back with the next show, we're going to be joined next week with uh, Matt Harmon. And uh, you'll know him from uh, his wide receiver talks, you know, reception perception. And then the following week, Matt Waldman jumping aboard the show. Until I'm back with those shows uh, with Doug. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.